0: happy december it's scott harris welcome back to finding home this is a fun episode for you end of the year all of you wondering what's going on in the real estate market this is a podcast of which i was a part where we were able to actually bring together about 10 real estate agents in New York City hosted by Phil Horrigan, who's been on the podcast here, who hosts Lease Break, which is about 70% of the people who live in New York City. 67% of people in New York rent apartments. So renting is a big deal in New York, much bigger than everywhere else. And What I think is really important to point out, and by the way, a trigger warning for you, if you're ever on this podcast, most of what you're listening to is very positive. People who have found their passion and their purpose, who have found their home. That's what this is all about. These are the people who help people find homes, right? And you've got different agents, you've got different vibes, you've got different energy, you've got different perspectives. Almost everybody who is speaking has had... At least 10 years in New York City Helping people navigate the insanity That is New York City real estate But not everybody is as positive And not everybody is Even when things are weird Like they are right now um, is Looking through the same lens So you're going to hear a lot of different uh, perspectives But you're also going to hear The way that it's framed It may not be as uplifting As some of the things that you're hearing here So a warning But I do believe that you will get a lot of value learning about what's going on in the real estate market. Right now, the end of 2022, just as mortgage rates are crazy, and there's still a war in Russia and Ukraine, and there's still bananas things going on everywhere else. So in the midst of all that, you know what? People get pregnant, people get married, people get divorced, people pass away, and people need to find homes. And they need guidance more than they ever realized to get through this craziness so enjoy this interview with 10 different people it was hosted on clubhouse i want to give a big shout out to phil horrigan from LeaseBreak, who i adore i adore both lease break and what they are able to do to help people find homes leasing homes and also phil in general is just a terrific human being so we'll put all this stuff in the in the in the notes but um A big thank you to everybody who was on this. I do love their perspectives and I hope you enjoy uh, what you hear here.
1: Good,
2: good, good. All right, let's get started. So somehow, it's already the holiday season. I have no idea how that happened, but we're here. This is our 36th real estate chat. We do these periodically on Thursdays at 11 a.m. with some of the top New York City real estate experts in New York City, and we try to get a sense of the market. And just briefly, why? why is what you're all doing here today so unique because there are a lot of other podcasts and panels out there but we have just one goal and that is to dissect what is happening right now in the new york city real estate market and all those uh, listening and your clients whom you may send this to hopefully they can get an information edge by piecing together the various kind of finger on the pulse data points that the top experts on this panel are able to provide so that's why I think this is just so unique so today like usual we're having our panel of experts answer the question what is going on with the New York City real estate market I had an agent reach out to me the other day who's been in the business about as long as most of the agents on this panel and it, but it's not someone on the panel and she said she's never seen it this slow before which I found interesting she said that she's including covid 9/11, the financial crisis. Now I'm not; my feet aren't on the ground anymore, as most of you know. So I'm not. I'm super curious if you guys are seeing the same thing. Um, I mean, obviously, there's thousands of mini markets out there, so there's no right answer here. Some areas may be stronger than others; some weaker, of course. But I just cannot wait to hear the comments from you. So, in addition, one other thing, in addition to some of the finest real estate agents in the city on the panel, we also have Noah Rosenblatt with us today. He's the founder of Urban Digs. Which is an amazing data analytics and market insights platform which many real estate agents subscribe to so about me who am i i'm phil i'm the i'm hosting today and i've been a licensed real estate agent for 18 years and i'm also the founder of lease break which was founded in 2013. it's a free marketplace for shorter leases sublets and lease breaks in new york city like normal we'll We'll start with Noah and then we'll go in order with the ages, but let's start with Noah Rosenblatt from Urban Diggs. He's one of the city's top real estate data experts and many of you know Noah or you have a subscription to his incredible real estate data platform called Urban Diggs. Um, but Noah, let's start with you. So what are you seeing out there right now and how would you address the question, what is going on with New York City real estate?
3: Right now. Uh, hey, Phil. Thank you so much for having me. And it really is just such an honor to be um, with with an amazing group, um, all corners of the markets coming in here. So thank you. Always look forward to this. Um, you know, all right, it's been a roller coaster ride, right? For like the last 10 months from from the peak levels and earlier this year and, you know, going through the whole shift. Um, second order derivative. Second order derivative, um, the, the, the rate of change. That's what I see as the theme for today. Um, when I look at everything, uh, the pace of declines, the rate of the fall is all starting to normalize. It's like we fell from a high level at the peak of recovery, probably in Q1, maybe March or April. And we had this whole macro Fed terminal rate regime change and we've shifted down and now we're kind of finding our way at this lower level. right? That's what I see. We are not recovering heavily. We're also not aggressively falling. It's like we've fallen and we're just starting to kind of pick ourselves back up. Now, this new lower level, um, it's not anywhere near where COVID was. Um, It's slow if i think about the relative shift uh we peaked from a very high level in january february and march to the lowest levels now that was a long fall that if you stretch that whole fall down it was longer and and deeper than the whole COVID fall which was kind of quicker and more fierce and then recovered quicker so this has been a notable shift it's happened And I'll tell you something, we all know pricing data is lagging. So if you signed a deal in October and November and last week, we're not going to get that price discovery for another couple of months. Right. So the latest reading on data has us down, I would say, about six percent. Six percent median, median condo price per square foot. So there may be pockets
2: compared to last
3: year no from 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 peak levels in like april okay from peak levels in april okay so we're down that's like the shit how much have we fallen like so far that's six which means all right it could be four four to four to eight and the median six something like that right but here's the here's the rub that stops in august i don't have september october november data in there yet right so when i asked my team i said you know what Go put September in there. It bounced right up. It bounced right up. It no longer was going down, it bounced up. So I said, you know what? Let me go take a look at quarter four. Let me me take a look at Q4 and see all those closed sales that's happening in Q4. And let me just take a look at what's going on. Are Are we showing quarter to quarter price declines? Like everyone's thinking we're still going down. We're still going down in all the reports. And I looked at the Q4 data and granted, this is the most important part. There's still three weeks left, right? So it's not complete yet, right? The data is showing mixed average sales price. Okay. Average sales price and median sales price, um, and and price per square foot. They're showing mixed. The only thing that's showing down, I believe was, was median price per square foot was the only one that was showing down or actually, I think that was actually still showing up like 1%. It was surprising to the upside. And I couldn't believe it. I'm actually trying to load this data right now. I'm sorry I didn't have it ready. And it takes five seconds to load up. So I can give you the exact numbers. But up here, I got it right now. Okay, look. Average sales price quarter to quarter up 0.2%. Average price per square foot quarter to quarter up 8.5%. Median sales price quarter to quarter down 4.7%. Median price per square foot quarter to quarter up 1.3% three of the fours up quarter to quarter. I, I don't think anyone expected this. So unless there's drastic change over the next three weeks, I would look forward to a Q4 report that suggests we're kind of bottoming and maybe even slightly bouncing off of that bottom as we speak right now. It's just hey, Noah, interesting. We'll see how it plays uh, out.
2: Questions. This, and this is why the agent input so important, because like you, the word mixed you use is why the agent's input so important, because they're going to give us like the anecdotal kind of on the ground type of information. But I did have a question. You, there, it's been very helpful in the past when you kind of talked about this average volume that you expect in this month. And if you could just put that in context yeah. for us. So what do you sus- usually sus- uh, expect in the month of December, say, or maybe you can't do December, it's not over yet, but say November. Yeah. And where does that compare, relatively speaking?
3: OK, so that's where we're depressed, right? So so December, um, if we count last December into this average, I think we did 1,100 deals in December, where we're supposed to do around 780. Like, the number is 754, but that doesn't count the, 11, the, the 1,100 we had last year. So it's going to pull it up. So I, I don't know, call the average 780, 775. I don't know. Um, we'll have to find out at the end of the month. So it's somewhere in the upper 700s. And right now, if I go take a look at right now, let me take a look at the dashboard. If I look at one month, we're at six hundred and sixty, so we're below trend. But we're but we're not in active aggressive fall. We're in seasonal fall. We've already had the macro shift, and that's kind of what I'm saying is if you, if you look at what happened between June, July, August, like that was the bulk of the shift down. And then much of September, October, November is really the the bottom formation zigzag kind of um, um, where are we? Oh, well, we found our new level. We're a little dazed and confused at this new level, and that's kind of where we're at.
2: Awesome. Okay. No, I'm sure we'll check back with you. I'm sure we'll have some other questions for you as we go. So. Let's move to the agents and get their input, Um, and what and kind of what? How would they answer the question? What's going on with this New York City real estate market? I've also asked the agents to give me a number between one and ten. Something new. I'm trying this time. So a number between one and ten, with one being the strongest buyer's market you've seen in your career, and ten being a raging seller's market. And I'd love to know where we are. Again, there's no right or wrong answer. Every agent is seeing different things, but I think we that would be an interesting it would be interesting data to compare as we speak and take a group average kind of as we go and give a sense of this group as to where we are so let's start with you Antonio what are you seeing right now in the real estate market would love to hear your thoughts you
1: know it it, it is it is I I think Noah nailed it when you know he said that we were we're stabilizing in terms of prices and it's even going an uptrend but we brokers you know in terms of numbers Last year, I would say we were at seven, right? Remember, before the pandemic, we were already down. So, you know, and, and, and then it went to eight, right? Like around April, where we we're doing about 1,200 contracts signed. And my, my team did a ton, right? And now we're doing like, you know, from April to now, November, it's instead of like 1,200 contracts signed per month, we're on average like four 500 contracts signed right? November and going to December. I think the people really reacted in, in the most uh, uh, blatant, like the, the reason is because of interest rates. I mean, in, in the suburbs and in, in across the country, your, your payments go to instead of 2,000, it goes to 3,000, 4,000. In New York, my buyers are going, to, well, my payment's going to be $10,000. It went from four. $5,000 to $10,000. So it's huge, right? So that's why, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of a, and here's my story, right? In, in the middle of a, a, a closing right now, they had to close now to lock in their interest rate. And that's what I'm seeing in the past, I would say, eight months. It's all about locking in the interest rates. And so, all of you, you know, listening across the country, it's really about you know how are you going to strategize the closing so that the interest rate doesn't expire but because because we i mean we're slowing down in terms of raising the interest rates but it, it is still rising and and the big thing is with new buyers you know, buyers right now who need to buy not not the <laughs> tire kickers right it's all about you know how they're strategizing when they close what will what will their payments B, right you have to go okay if you're if you go going to contract now what will it look like three four or five months later when you close if it's a co-op so i think it, it, we are we are going to head into even the uh, less than five um i would go five to four in terms of the rankings one through ten
2: I have a feeling that number may be a little high. We'll see what Tracy has to say. So Tracy, let's go to Tracy. Well,
4: those of you, thank Uh, you, Phil. And um, I'm sorry we didn't get to hear the last thing of Antonio's thoughts, but um, it's interesting. You guys who know me, I'm super optimistic, the eternal over-optimist. And I always do try to keep it realistic, but I, Noah, loved hearing your insights, but was shocked to hear how optimistic you are because I actually am trending, uh, leaning more in my thinking towards Antonio. I I would say definitely we are at a four um, as far as the market and it's so interesting that really does take an average of co-ops, condos, price points, boroughs, Manhattan versus Brooklyn, for example. Uh, you know, there's still the case where if you're, I've been trying with amazing cash buyers who just want a place in Tribeca because they want it. They don't care what's going on in the market. They're not bothered by the interest rate fluctuations. We cannot find any inventory for them. So, for the perfect three bedroom with the view at the right price in Tribeca, it's a 10 seller's market. So, taking that in some of the rare cases and then averaging it against the situation where I don't know if you guys are seeing um, the weekly open house reports that our lovely Fritz used to do. And now Sarah Rotter at BHS has taken over, my girl um you know people just aren't aren't showing up so this is the average to come to a four where there have been so many open houses where there have been an unheard of zero attendees for week after week i'm seeing that with some of my own team listings um you know and that's across price points and and types of apartments too. So yeah, I, I actually had a monster year until the end of the summer, beginning of the fall, and then things really have slowed and have continued slowing. So again, I'm loving the optimism of the data that Noah talked about because that's not been what my team or a lot of people in my office's experience has been so far.
2: Well, one thing, Tracy, I'll say is that the beauty of these calls is that a lot of times what we talk about, Noah will see two or three months from now. So I mean, I'm, I'm getting the sense that if you're seeing things sit there and no one's showing up, is going to have to be price drops. I mean, this just, is just the way the numbers work, and then it yeah. will appear in numbers in, in Noah's data, you know.
4: Exactly. Okay. Right. I Phil, I just want to
3: clarify one thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Tracy. Um, just to clarify, um, what I'm really saying is the second derivative, I'm seeing the rate of change slow, which is su- suggestive of a bottom. A deal volume is way down, we're down about 58% from peak levels right now, and we're below trend. So it's definitely slow. But the the thing that's not crashing is the price action. Um, the latest, like September, October, November data. It's just the strangest thing. And I think what's going on is a lot of sellers are choosing not to sell. And a lot of sellers yeah. are maybe tapping into the rental market. And I think other things are going on. I think a lot of other markets are down 15 20%. And I think a lot of people thought that Manhattan would be down 15 20%. And the data showing us down around five, six percent right now. And the latest data over the most recent months, even though it's incomplete, it's too early, um, it's showing up from from July and August. That's what the craziest thing is. So so it's it's time will tell. Sorry about that.
4: No, 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 no. Finish your
2: thought. Yeah, thank you. Thanks to Noah for that clarification. Go ahead. No,
4: absolutely, and that's so true because I do have some very opportunistic buyers who are ready to go, but there's just not the inventory. So that's been the frustrating thing. And then just to give you the South Florida perspective, because you know I'm an agent in Florida as well, um, it's been really interesting because Florida went. It, it it exceeded its rate of increase when um, the pandemic hit. Um, you know Everything was on sale in New York and in Florida, it was gangbusters, I would say a total 10, I, I would say a 12 sellers market actually. And that too has slowed. And while I still expect it to be a busy winter season, I think you're really gonna see some things bottoming out and more opportunities for, for buyers and renters because the rental market in Florida has been even crazier than New York at its peak in, in recent months. Um, but an interesting thing that we're running into here is that appraisals are now having issues once again because banks are now aware okay so this great upward trajectory has slowed and so we're not going to give you the same value because you might have outbid someone or we're not we see things going down which has been very interesting and so it's, it's a different percentage from the contract price depending on the price point but um, that's something that I haven't noticed yet in New York but um, you know we, we didn't go up quite um, the same um, percentage as things went in Florida. But that's just another interesting thing. So we're back to that adjective interesting. Can someone give me another one?
2: I love it. No, that's really helpful, Tracy. Thank you so much. Um, So Scotty, what are you seeing out there, buddy?
4: It's I
5: love being a broker in New York City, because we are not given the same erratic behavior that uh, most other markets are having. And the, the problem is the press is going to be saying how much the real estate market is down. If you look at like C- CNBC real estate, they'll say some markets are down 20%, 30%. Well, they've been some markets have been up 20 or 30% year over year over the last 2 or 3 years. So, of course, they're going to come down. But we are have only come down a little bit as Noah was saying. I think it is interesting because inventory is low and I've been out with people at both the low and the high ends of the market. After about a day or two of like looking at apartments, and this is at the lower end recently, we ran out of places. like that was it. Um, I think rates were initially scaring people and people are starting to come back into the market because rentals haven't gone down significantly. They still scare the crap out of people here. People don't want to spend you know people who can't afford something let's say under a million don't want to spend five or six grand. On a sad one bedroom rental in Manhattan. They just don't want to do it. So they are getting back into the market to look. And honestly, if you look at the rates nationwide, you know, we'll hear about, you know, percentage rates being six and a half, seven, you know, meanwhile, I'm getting rate sheets. I don't know about any of you, but I'm getting rate sheets that are literally just this week five, five point two five, which is not bad. And anywhere between that and say 6%. Again, not bad. Um <clears throat> so I think people some buyers are starting to come back in the market. So that's sort of what I'm seeing. I'm getting a lot of calls from people who are frustrated with the rentals, who are on a month to month, who kind of want to get back in. The issue is that we is the inventory. Um I have buyers at the 3 million mark. They're looking for, you know, just a nice two bed, two bath downtown the condo. There's nothing there. As well, um on the lower end with my studio, one bed clients, again, we see everything and it's like everything's first floor or everything is not renovated or whatever the hurdle is. So it's been very hard to find that nice apartment. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Sellers are not selling because the ones that are selling, they, they may have locked in. If they bought right. recently, they may have locked in a, you know, two and a half three 3% rate. And they don't want to get back out in the market, you know, for a six percent rate, you know, or even higher if they're going somewhere else. So it makes sense that they're kind of staying, maybe renting out their place if they can. Um, so I'm seeing, you know, if I had to give this a grade, Phil, I'm still saying around five. I'm seeing some deals out there, by the way. So, um, but it kind of depends where on the super lower end maybe and then on the kind of arbitrary luxury high end we're talking in the like 8 to 10 to 12 range where you know some some of the prices were completely arbitrary at maybe 10 or 12 that are now eight Hmm. so it's really interesting out there and to me i don't know i don't know about everybody else it's pretty exciting and then i get a call from friends who are in long island real estate who are like yeah i just had to basically fire my team because we don't have anything going on so i feel bad for them i am grateful to be a new york city broker and um and yeah like you know there are deals out there so hopefully we can find them thank
2: you scotty so much um so helpful so mark d haven't heard your voice in a while
6: you know inventory like everybody said has been recently low uh, but we you know uh, not to extend this thing out because I'm gonna, I don't want to repeat a lot of stuff that Noah and everybody has been saying, but we actually are seeing a, a pretty good influx of buyers right now. Like we've picked up probably about six buyers in the last three weeks. And that's, that hasn't happened all summer. Um, as far as you know, listings and properties are concerned, yeah, the properties that uh, need work are really sitting. Nobody wants to do work. Everything is delayed. I was talking to somebody who just did a renovation. I said they've been waiting waiting six months for their uh, you know sub zero refrigerator. So uh, you know that's a that's a big issue with a lot. Of... Scotty with the sad face. Yeah, you <laughs> know a it's, a, it's a lot of uh, it's been a lot of problems with that. So we've had some really uh, and but even still, some of the nice apartments that you know might have one or two issues to it, like you know one room faces the wrong way or something like that. You know, they're not moving as as much as they used to because, uh, you know, people are waiting. The interest rates are high, like everybody's saying. Uh, but I was talking to Jackie Frank last night, you know, uh, about interest rates. And a lot of people, and including some of my clients, some of my buyers, are doing a five-year or seven-year, you know, rate looking to refinance. And I think that's, you know, a smart way of doing it because you know these rates are going to come down. You know, they're not going to stay at six seven uh, and, percent and even still you can get you know she was telling me you can get like a you know a five-year seven-year arm for like you know around under under five so you know if if people keep on listening to CNBC and all the all the you know the pundits talking about how terrible the market is and they don't do the research or talk to a real estate broker like one of one of us they they're, they're going to get sucked into that mindset and you know I just feel like it's our duty to like you know educate them and and make them understand that there there are deals to be had uh if sellers are willing to to make those deals um a lot of times what i'm seeing also is properties that are you know be, being traded right now or going to contract are having a little they're having a lot of things going on like uh you know credit at closing to make the building happy and make the buyer happy and make the seller happy. So uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of moving parts uh, that are going on now that weren't going on before. But, um, but suffice it to say, you know, if you're looking at a number, I still say it's a three, four buyer's market. Uh, deals are to be had, but buyers I think are seeing that right now and are coming into the market right now. I think that's why you're seeing that uptick, uh, Noah. Awesome,
2: Mark. And Mark, just curious, are you seeing? Are you seeing? Uh, like are you changing your strategy with sellers in terms of pricing, or are you sort of kind of seeing the same data Noah is in terms of pricing isn't getting affected as much as we thought?
6: I, I think a lot of sellers are not. They are waiting it out in a way because they're. You know, some of them are putting their properties that are on on the market for sale are now listing it for rent as well and seeing which one comes first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to get sold, they got to drop the price. And I've been telling, you know, a lot of sellers, I was talking to Brian uh, earlier, I brought a buyer to, to his listing and, you know, we had the same conversation. They, they've got to have that flexibility. Otherwise, they're just going to sit there and that's what's happening. You know, a lot of properties are sitting there. Or a lot of people are not putting their properties on the market. We're not, I don't know if we're going to see that huge influx that we usually do of inventory come the first quarter. You know, like we like we normally do. I think people are going to still wait to see what's happening with the interest rates and hope that uh, you know maybe there's a tick down. You know, by the end of the first quarter and uh, see what's going on.
2: So let's move on now to Naomi. Naomi, what are you what are
7: you seeing out there? Great hey, great oh my you. God, this this is so refreshing. So I want to say thank you uh, for putting this together. I love listening to everyone. Well, I think. Um, Listening to everyone and what everyone has said, I think the common denominator here is low inventory. Um, so when we have low inventory, it means that we have nothing to sell, even though we have buyers, just like Mark said, and Tracy, you know, and, and, and Scotty. So we do, myself included, I do have buyers. I have nothing to show them.
8: I, I, nothing. Whatever's
7: out there has been out there for a while. And I want to tell you two stories that I'm going through right now. I've had a property, Midtown West, literally over a year. I got two cash offers within three days, which was shocking because I haven't had an offer in a year. So that says something to me. Something's happening because it's not like a prize property or anything like that. It is a condo. But, but still, I, I was shocked and uh, hopefully it'll follow through. And on the flip side, I have a property on the Upper East Side. Wonderful property, very well priced. I don't even get an email to show it. I've done open houses week after week. Not one person shows up. I mean, I don't even get a phone call. So I'm, I'm telling you two separate scenarios that just don't make sense. Um, I listed a property in Brooklyn, a condo. It was in contract within two weeks over ask in in canarsie which is not you know one of these neighborhoods that you would think you know there are a lot of people going there because there's no mass transit there so i'm i if you want me to put a number on it i think between a five and a six i think there there are people that are looking to buy i think that uh the rates yes, have an impact. But I also feel that the mortgage brokers have gotten very creative with all their different type of scenarios where they do buy downs. And they're able to really show you how the interest rate doesn't really affect your monthly as much as you think. And I've spoken to a lot of mortgage brokers, just like Mark has, and they've shown me the numbers. And the numbers, you know, since we are able to, get into contract at a lower price. The numbers aren't crazy when when you look at the monthlies with taxes. So um, I'm actually optimistic. I think that things are a little scary, and that's why I think everyone's like just holding on. But I think as the months move on, um, things are going to start uh, stirring up and, and moving again.
2: Enjoy the stories. very interesting. Tale of two markets here, it seems like a lot, a lot of interesting stuff going on. So, Christine Toes, are you with us? Would love to hear your thoughts on the market and maybe Brooklyn. I know you do, you do a lot of Brooklyn. Maybe Brooklyn's a little different than Manhattan. What, what are you seeing out there?
8: Hi, everybody. It's Christine Toes from Compass. I'm about 17 years in the business in New York City. Um, I would also give the market a three, you know, with some rare exceptions, um, I would say, in the Brooklyn market for something that like checks everybody's boxes. Um We put an 800 square foot two bedroom, one and a half bathroom condo in a townhouse on the market in kind of the Cobble Hill Boreham Hill um, area. And you know despite the 800 square feet and only one and a half bathrooms, um, it had like half of the garden. And we listed it at one two five and we had like five offers um, you know within a couple, days and it went for 1.41. Um, so, you know, and that, that was about two months ago. Um, but since then I feel like things have slowed down even in Brooklyn. Um, so I, I would still give the market a three, which maybe a four in Brooklyn, um, instead of a three. So as we've all said many times, unless something is like special and unique, like in a slow market like this, especially kind of during the holidays, You know, don't expect things to fly off the shelves. And I would agree that the sellers I'm talking to now are like absolutely not listing until maybe March or April because they just feel like this is not a good time to list. It's switched to a buyer's market. They don't have to sell um, and they are patient and can wait it out, Um, which I think is maybe a little more unique to the New York City market than some other marketplaces, um, you know, co-ops, you have to put down 20, 25%, 30%. Like, so even, you know, in a recession, et cetera, like those people don't have to sell and aren't desperate and they can just like wait for better times. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of wondering like with this, what seems to be an inventory reduction, like I kind of wonder what March, April will look like um but you know none of us have a crystal ball hmm, i guess let's say a three ish sounds like
2: you might be leaning toward four in brooklyn
8: so um, four. and the buyers that i have now they're opportunistic they want a deal
2: okay thank you christine so much so scott harris i don't think you've heard from you in a while either excited to hear your voice what's going on what are you seeing out there
0: well hey hey everybody um it's great to be on the call sorry it's been a been a minute um scott harris from brown harris stevens um I'm, I'm a four, I'm a solid four. Um, I think on balance, I'm seeing definite great opportunities for buyers um, out there. But at the same time, if you look at the high end, which is where we do a lot of business over, and, and um, Noah can corroborate this, but something like 10 to 15% of all the contracts signed um, in the, over the last couple of three weeks at least have been at uh, north of $4 million. So the question I asked, uh, I asked him, I think, was, you know, what do they know that um, what do what do high end buyers know that everybody else is so you know, doesn't know? I think some of the answer is that they're less um, they're, they're less uh, reliant upon mortgage rates and people have access to cheaper capital. So that's definitely making a difference. But this this market has some really incredible opportunities. Um, we're, we're having buyers in, in, in buildings, really high in buildings on Central Park West who are pulling down deals that are already 10 to 15 percent below uh, last year's prices. And it's a matter of just finding that one opportunity where a seller is ready to do business. So you know, I'll, I'll try to keep this short and say that um, just based on internal numbers of Brown-Harris and what I'm hearing about things coming to market um, and so many sellers who are sitting on the sidelines, it really does behoove buyers to get into the market and get educated because the sellers who are on the market are real. They've had their gut check there. And we're hearing about a lot of properties that are gonna come to market in the new year. I think Brown Harris is something like a billion and a half of listings that are probably gonna come on in, the, in early in the year. Um, and most of those sellers are gonna be real or they will be luxury sellers who um, who are seeing continued strength in the market. So you know, I'm not saying I'm like over optimistic that, um, that there's not a slowdown in deal number. But um, in terms of just getting deals done, I'm seeing our buyers putting in offers and sellers trying to sellers who a lot of sellers have sold and moved on, they got good deals on whatever they bought. And they're ready to find a qualified buyer and uh, and get it done. So I would say it's it's a it's a it's been a challenge over the last few months to put buyers and sellers together because the, that it, it has been a little bit of a gap and buyers were thinking it's lower than it is, but I'm seeing an opportunity over the next quarter to really get buyers and sellers together because sellers are like enough, let's just get this done and move on. So I think that it's not a, an overall capitulation at some horribly low number that se- the sellers are going to be miserable about. I think there's just deal deal flow or, or deal volume rather would. Um, can probably be reflective We probably won't see those numbers print until the end of the first quarter, but I think this is the window to get deals done. So, I mean, we're telling our sell- buyers to just get out there and get it done. And the agents on this call are, you know, super plugged in into their markets. We have a lot of off-market stuff we're talking about. Every agent we know has got listings that sellers are waiting to bring to market. So there's this shadow inventory and a lot of off-market opportunity. I think that's really where our value as agents is going to come in right now is to put together off-market deals and to really leverage 20 years of, of, of market knowledge and wisdom to put deals together with uh, the other agents in, our, you know, in the marketplace that we have good relationships with, if that makes sense.
2: Thanks, Scott. I remember,
0: Scott, you
2: were the agent that called the bottom, I remember, on this call in 2020 after COVID. Um, I don't know. It sounds like you're getting a little optimistic again that we might get, this might be a great time to get in if you're a buyer. Well, huh? I, I, I just quite buyer. I just
0: don't, I, I sort of think, you know, what I'm telling sellers, or buyers rather, is you know, this whole notion of like skate where the where the puck is going. You know, we're, I, I really think this is going to stabilize very soon. And so if you put offers a little lower where, than where the market is, I think you ultimately are not going to miss, you're not going to, I think you'll be basically at a bottom, and as rates start to stabilize, and frankly, just wherever there's there's more certainty in the market, that buyers are going to feel more confident, and agents like everybody here are going to be able to make a more compelling case that it's time to buy. And I think that the psychology of buyers will get a little rosier. I'm I'm just I'm not as negative on the market. I mean, we've we've we're going to finish the year very strong Um, in terms of performance. We've got a team of seven running around, so it's my sense is that there's there's a lot of buyer enthusiasm and sure, there's some buyers who were scared, but I think the case can be made just like agents have said, mortgage brokers are are getting clear on how to explain where carrying costs really are. And I think that's going to, all of that's moving to make a much more liquid market.
2: Great. Thank you, Scott, so much for your you thoughts. And let's now move on to William Bowles. I got I got two numbers for you. Number one is is I
9: I added up the combined um uh of all of us as the one that we've been in the business. I think it's two hundred and twenty plus years of people of knowledge on this call. So kudos to you, Phil, for, for doing that. Um, <laughs> I think it's a five. I think it's a I think it's right in the middle. I, and and I say that because. Not only these conversations this morning, but also I was at a networking breakfast earlier just with real estate agents and everyone's got a different story about what's going on in their business and it ranges and, and, know me, I think you get, you've summed it up. Well, it's the property that you can't give away. You feel like, and then it's the one that goes into multiple bids and it's everything in the middle and it's, it's all the basics of like, how is it priced? Um, what, what, what is the product, right? Is it moving ready? Where, where is it sitting? All those things. Sorry, I'm, I'm at a train station. Um, anyway, so I, I think it's right in the middle. I think it's, I also think because many, most of us have been in the, uh, in the business 20 years or more. So we haven't seen this exact market, but we've seen markets so similar to this. And I feel like this is where we add the value. This is where we get the off market deals done. Like. Um, like Scott was saying, both markets, maybe many markets around the country is, is, is the inventory thing is is what's different this time because inventory is not growing like it normally would when transactions go down. I think that's, that's what's helping keeping the pricing up because we're not seeing pricing fall that much in Connecticut either because there's just not a lot of good stuff to show people. You know, I was out with buyers in the city on Saturday. We saw six things. Um, once again, total mix of like buyer, um, listing agents pulling me aside and saying, make a deal, you know, make an offer no matter what. And then, and then an appointment that just got canceled because it had been sitting on the market for six months and they just got their deal. So it's, it's so interesting
2: how it's just all over the map. Awesome. Thank you, William, so much for your thoughts. And Nikki, who's usually first on the call, somehow Nikki wound up to be at the bottom there. I don't, I don't know, Nick. I don't like you at the bottom there. Anyway, love to hear your thoughts, what do you think about the market, what number would you give it, and, and, and uh, yeah, what do you have to say?
10: Um, I would say that I am in between four and five. I was late to the call because I was putting together, uh, looking at a draft of a deal sheet for a buyer who's buying for the first time in New York was in a multiple bidding scenario and won because the listing agent was like, Nikki's going to bring us a bulletproof board package. And the buyer who threw out, who just started looking seriously again about six weeks ago. And the key thing here is what are people motivated by? What is their timeline? We always have people in New York, perhaps more than any other market, where they don't need to sell in order to buy their next property. So the idea that people may be desperate outside of certain situations where the motivation is either you know, in a state or a divorce, everything else can often be quite discretionary when, when sort of the deals come together. Um, in this market, the best opportunities for buyers If you have the liquidity, go. Go look at the properties and put the offers in. Over the last four to five weeks, the number of times where a listing agent has said to me, you know, if your buyer is really interested, like give us an offer, the owner is ready to make a deal. And that's where that sort of sleeper opportunity is, I think over this holiday season, which often Mm -hmm. happens to me almost every year, which is why I usually, don't go very far from New York after December, you know, 15th or 16th. I always, I always had people who sort of pop back in uh, between sort of like Christmas and like the first couple of weeks of January. Um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely very interesting. And I concur with everything everybody has been saying, but I think that we really need to look at each individual's circumstances really, really specifically with a fine tooth comb. And for some people, it might not be the right time. This is not the right time. It's not the right property. You know, no, they don't want to do the work, but for the people who can, absolutely. Um, something else I am also seeing is more parents who are starting to buy for kids again, who are in the schools here locally. And even my own financial advisor, a few months ago was advising a group of us at a lunch that if we had some discretionary funds, we should be looking at buying real estate. Think about how much is not being built around the country. So this is all real estate. is always a good idea. How good an idea it is really depends on your individual circumstances, finances, you know, your property portfolio, lack thereof, all of those, uh, all those elements.
2: Right. Um, Nikki, just to, if you don't mind just discussing a little bit about the rental market, because I know you have a pretty robust rental business as well. Anything you're seeing there, any trends?
10: Um, so my robust rental business is mostly by accident. Basically, my clients say, look, if you sold us the apartment as investments, it's your responsibility to rent them for us and also to, <laughs> to manage them. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's, it's interesting, um, it feels a little softer for sure i had a client who was going to buy a couple of condos as uh, luxury condos as investments still still going to do it but the numbers have changed Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's 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 still it's still there this is the best time of year frankly to look back at what your business has looked like over the last year or two years Be able to make the really compelling uh, contextual comparisons as to what's really going on in the market versus what the media is telling people is going on on the market. Mm -hmm. Touch base with all of your people have those conversations. This is usually around the time of year that I like to do my here's your here's your equity report on what's going on for your property. It's my opportunity to express gratitude and all of that stuff wrapped into one that always directly impacts my first and second quarter results.
2: Thank you, Nikki, so much.
10: Uh, Does anyone have any other thoughts? Scotty, I see you came off mute and before Scotty goes, if
2: anyone has any other comments, just take yourself off mute and I'll call on you. I'm just going to be looking at the the group chat here. Go ahead, Scotty.
5: Sure. I just want to uh, go back in our little time machine two years ago, two years ago. We were dealing with uh, real deal articles that said New York is dead, not to mention all the other articles that said New York is dead. I want us to remember that. And I want us to look where we are now and how we have come out of this pandemic, how we have, you know, taken so many smacks and dings from everybody across the country. And here we are with pretty much stable market over the last couple of years there's been you know a couple blips downward and everything but you know we've been mostly okay and i want to thank all of broadway for coming back which makes people want to be here and if anybody has been out in new york city how many great restaurants have popped up in the last year oh my god it has been so remarkable. many remarkable so When you think about like, oh, New York is dead, and then you look at what has happened over the last year and a half with everybody coming back, because everybody knew New York, you can't kill it, no matter what. (laughs) Like, we are so fortunate to live here, and I'm telling everybody that no matter what, New York will always be here. There will always be interesting stuff going on and i just feel so fortunate to be able to work here to be able to live here and to be able to proselytize new york city
6: if anybody follows me on social media i'm out every night in another show another movie it's everywhere you go right now
1: it's packed with people it's fantastic and the the big thing that i wanted to finish with with in the beginning was you know i have several buyers and the inventory is really low but they are never leaving new york
3: yeah. And listen, you guys, this has been fantastic. And oh, Christmas in New York is just fantastic. And look, um, you know, it's, it's a good feeling right now. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, dopamine going through the systems after the last couple of talks that you guys just put out here in the last five minutes. Um, feels good. I, I just want to shift for a second to macro and just remind everyone, guys, um, I do think we're in the eye of the storm with this macro thing, with this Fed, with this rates. And if you haven't noticed, the last four weeks, rates have come down i think a couple of people have brought this up that's probably why some buyers have been perking up lately i would encourage your buyers to especially ones that have been waiting for an opportunity to aggressively look at this time to take advantage of those rates because i just want to say i mean you know it, it might last a couple of months but i'm not sure we're out of this problem yet and we could face another wave of this rates in Fed terminal and Fed post terminal curve. There's a lot of expectations and right now the market expects the Fed to peak out at 5% or thereabouts and then cut rates next year. Cut rates next year. That's what they expect. If that does not happen we might have to have another reset and that's when the markets go through their little upward and shifts. So I just want to say, enjoy this while while it lasts. And I would have your buyers take advantage of these lock-in periods um, while this relief at rates, um, this period is is over us.
5: So Noah, what do you what do you make of the fact that I think it was surprising that the um, GDP went up two point nine percent in the last quarter because I think that surprised people. What do you make of it? <coughs>
3: yeah i mean i I, look i don't i don't look at a lot of those economic numbers i'm not an economist um but i think that until the fed sees this inflation situation come down i think rates are going to be higher for longer and i think the problem of the market is we have a fed funds futures expectation curve that drives a lot of the credit markets a lot of those rates and they're trying to predict where we're gonna go and how far we're gonna be there. And they're often wrong. And these numbers that we're getting, these GDP numbers, these CPI numbers, it's gonna be volatile. And right now it's kind of in a relief period. And I just don't think that, I, I don't think it's gonna last this long. I think you're going to see that slowdown come. I just don't know when it's gonna come. The depth and duration, when does it come? How long does it last for? but I think it's going to hit us sometime next year.
0: That was an edited version of a long form interview with tons and tons of brokers from New York City who are bringing their expertise to the world. So it's really fun to be a part of that. My perspective is one of many. And as you go into 2023 and you're trying to navigate the craziness of buying a home, you need to have lots of perspectives. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Finding Home. And we are going to be launching something so cool and so real estate related in the new year. You are going to be excited to be a part of it. I want to say a big thank you to Andrea Pollock, who has been, had been producing Finding Home for its entire existence and who is busy after stint here and has moved on so big shout out to her and thank you everybody who has been in touch with me telling me they really love the interviews we've had a lot of fun interviewing incredible people here on the podcast and I cannot wait to tell you more about what we're up to in the meantime enjoy and I'll see you next time